Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. Tamarindo Podcast, your socially conscious talk show with a Latinx vibe. We discuss the intersection of media, politics, and pop culture. We are your hosts, Melina Bobadilla and Brenda Gonzalez, the Educated Pelioneras. Welcome. Hola, Tamarindos. How are you doing? Hola, Tamarindos. This is a mini cast episode. We have an agenda, though. I'm going to read it to you. We do. This is bullet points. Yes, this is Brenda and Melina, las Educated Peloneras. Educated Peloneras. Aquí one more time with you. So on the agenda, we're going to have a Que Pasa, talking about no more. No more, no more. Matraca to Sama Hayek. Matraca to Sama Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about Coco and She's Gotta Have It. Yes, She's Gotta Have It is actually this new Netflix show that we just recently binged. So if you haven't heard of it, you should watch it so you can get up on game and uh, know what we're talking about. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> Totally. And then we have some announcements. So that's what we got today. All right. So um, thank you for listening again. We are speaking in our um, makeshift studio in my closet. Yes, we we are in the clandestine Brenda closet, and um, you know this. It's 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 very. DIY. DIY. I like it. Yes. Uh, it's but closed. it still works. It still works. And if you hear some crunching, it's Frida eating her food. Yeah. Our mascota, <laughs> our tamarindo mascota, she's here snacking. Yeah. So let's do, ¿qué pasa? So what is the latest news this week? The latest news is that uh, Roy Moore, the bigoted, misogynist, uh, Sexual predator, pedophile who rode in on his horse to vote. It's so ridiculous. In the Alabama Pobre Senate Caballo. election. <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't know why, but it would not bother me as much if it was like a charro voting. Oh, that's you know, awesome. In you know what? Or Let's uh, manifest this. That we want to see a charro <laughs> in, in, r- yeah. riding his horse con un lazo. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a charra riding her horse into a, a polling precinct to vote. That's you know? awesome. Um, and then they'll probably ask her for ID. Ask her for her papers. No. But anyway, that <laughs> idiota did not win. Yes. He no did more, not win. more. And a big shout out to uh, Gina Rodriguez for the no more tweet. And then she liked it when we shared it. We, sh- we shared it and she liked it. That was pretty cute. Thank you. And then I guess we love Doug Jones. Uh, well, you know what? I'm just really glad he won. Um, I, 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 I'm 
not surprised. Um, I'm a bit disgusted. I am uh, just a super eye rolling uh, at the fact that this race was so close. Yes. Now, I do understand that Alabama has always been a red state. Yeah. There has not been someone who won this election who was a Democrat for the past 20 years. This is what makes this so exciting. Right. So freaking it's exciting. Amazing. But the fact that it was so close, I mean, this it's is not a, a bad candidate. This is <laughs> a rotten, horrible candidate. How did you even let him get this like, far? Get yeah, this far. because not only fine, debate all you want, because some people are like, oh, I don't know, innocent until proven guilty, whatever. He's a pervert, but he's, let's pretend yeah. for a second that he's not a pervert, which, haha, LOL. Um, he is. He also is a person that thought Muslims should have no right to, right. to serve office. They shouldn't have rights to serve office. Um, he didn't want Keith Ellison to be sworn in by placing his hand over the Quran because that was insufficient for him. That's not a holy book. Um, they the shouldn't Hicks. serve office. Uh <laughs> LGBTQ people should not be allowed to marry who they want. Women shouldn't be allowed to do whatever the hell that they want to yeah, do with so their bodies. So this guy was a disaster a no matter what. Um, Pervert or not. He was disgusting. Disaster. He was a fucking troll. So bye. Extra super bye to Roy Moore. Chanclazo. And I just want to say, you know, what's, what's interesting is that everyone on social media has been going nuts over this Washington Post poll. Um, and if you, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you've probably seen it. It's a red and blue poll that broke down all of the demographics of the voters all the, uh, through exit polls. And it's literally called on the Washington Post, if you just Google it, it's uh, exit poll results, how different groups voted in Alabama. And there's, there's all these red and blue charts that break it down by age, by education, by gender, evangelical, non-evangelical, identifying as liberal or conservative. But the one that everyone is obsessing over and they keep reposting and tweeting is this one uh, that's again not surprising pretty disgusting but just making me hella roll my eyes know. back we already know um, reliving you know, reliving the, the election exactly so so white men 35 were 35% of voters that turned out uh 72% of them unsurprisingly voted for Roy Moore white women who made up 31% of voters 63% of white women okay voted for a pedophile, a person who sexually traumatized Children. not one, not yes. two, not three, countless so underage women. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on no. more because he doesn't need no more time. No, but no can more. we also talk a little bit about what the bajaritos are saying? Oh, yes. What is social I, I media love, saying? So about let this? me link that. that. Social media is loving this. Social media is eating this up. And specifically because the other two parts of this chart say that uh, 93% of black men voted for Jones. Thank you. 98% of black women thank voted you, women. for... Thank you, women. Uh, thank you to our black brothers and sisters. And and here's the thing. It's like people vote based on what is going to serve their interests. What, you, you, what you, is, or you would think. Or because let's think, be honest, right? they don't actually do that. Right. And, and, and I don't think that Democrats should be here asking black voters to keep saving them when they're not the demographic that they focus on. So... Let's get to work. That. Let's so, get to pajarito. work. Yeah, pajarito. yeah. So pajarito get to work. is this new little segment that we're thinking about trying because, girl, you know, I live for the comments and the shade and the for the backs. for the social media tea. Exactly. So pajarito, because Twitter is a little pajaritos. This is what the birdies are saying. So Ernest Owens said, ninety-seven percent of black women and ninety-two percent of black men voted for Doug Jones. 
we've never been the problem or been the reason why America has been held back politically. Stop acting like y'all don't know who needs to get it together in these polls. Yep. Hashtag Alabama Senate elections. Shade. Now, Charlene Carruthers, shout out, because this one's great, says, black women are not political mules to be used every time a mediocre white candidate needs to win. No amount of verbal appreciation will do justice. Turn over the money, resources, and power, then we can talk. Yes. Thank you. Yes. All right. We love those. Yes. We're going we're gonna to probably reshare those on our social on our show. Find, them, uh, yeah. find us on Tamarindo we'll Podcast on, uh, on the yeah. Instagram. And, you know, as a, as a segue to this, um, as we talked about, unfortunately, these women, white women, uh, voting against their own interests and upholding violent patriarchy. So that's a chancla to that. Chancla. But I want to segue into a matraca moment. Matraca. What uh, is a matraca pe- moment of the Instead of upholding week? patriarchy, some women are smashing the hell out con of it. Tacón. Con un tacón muy fino o con una bota de Frida Kahlo, por ejemplo. Mm, uh, so, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Frida Kahlo, we want to give a huge shout out to Salma Hayek for her really brave and honest um, New York Times op-ed that was just released a couple days ago in which she outlines the horrific abuse that she experienced with Harvey Weinstein. The, she the talks basura. About the basu- exactly super basura that um, everything from a death threat to bullying her uh, during press events for Frida to forcing her to have s- certain sex scenes. Everybody should uh, read it because yeah. it's really you can sense the the um, anxiety of her having to on uh, one balance wanting to get this project off the ground, spending her time as we all appreciate uh, what it takes to get right. your art out there Absolutely. and and just to have it hanging on on the passes of this pig right so i'm really yeah it's really bra- we give her a big matraca for ha- being the brave person to write that out and right. you really can sense the the um she was torn because she even talked about the guy's a nice guy in certain lights but you can't you know balance that and actually that's part of she said that's part of the problem is that you you kind of, and I can imagine anyone can relate to having a problematic relationship, whether it's a friend or a colleague mm-hmm. or this predator, where there might be times where you're almost empathizing or you feel like right. hostage. Like she felt almost she, there was sympathy for him. There was a lot of emotions that she was working through, and at the end of the day, it comes down to power and and yeah. the relationship that they had. That particular dynamic, as is with many of these women, it comes down to these situations of power where are where they're um, up against someone who they are the subordinate to, yes, you know, and that they like, need something and that from. they need financial bank- backing or you know some particular kind of support or their job hinges on it or their reputation. Yeah. So. Um, huge shout out to her. And I'm, and I'm really glad that she did enter this conversation because something that I've been, um, really, I guess, yearning for in this whole discussion and the whole Me Too movement is how do we start centering the voices of women of color and, and queer women of color? Because we are also experiencing this. Now, we're not in all of these, um, prominent positions of power. We're highly underrepresented when it comes to media, when it comes to journaling, Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, journalism, the press, Hollywood, politics. So we're not always speaking out. And and you know what? We're not, we're not always speaking out because we're also more afraid. We have more to lose. Right. So this is, I think that there was, even though she did, wasn't explicit about like as a woman of color, but that, that's something that resonated with me is that you think about, she felt, that she was like a nobody in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And of course, a part of the reason she's a nobody in Hollywood is because she's a Mexican actress. Right. So you can only imagine how many other 
folks of color, women of color, because of this power dynamic, have not advanced in their careers. Right. This is why we don't hear them, because they haven't even made it that far. Right. Or so they're afraid and they have more to lose to tell their story. Exactly. And I'm just really quickly to wrap this up. We posted um, something on our Insta story, because if you listen to In The Thick uh, podcast, which is shout one of our favorites. Shout out to, to, to Marina Josa. We love her. Shout out. She makes our heart go. Yes. Bidi-bidi-bidi-bum-bum. <laughs> Es una reina. Um, she's a phenomenal uh, Mexicana journalist, Mexican-American journalist uh, who has worked for NPR for, what, 20 years? Yeah. She is, is the, the genius behind Latino USA, and now she hosts this show. She co-hosts it. Yes, um, yes. So her, her media company is Futuro Media. Yes. And um, also shout out to Chicago. She's from Chicago. Oh, hey. And we have a lot of Chicago fans, by the way. Shout, shout out, out to, to Chicago. Chicago and Barrio Pilsen. Yes. All the Midwest Chicanos and Midwest Puerto Ricanos and Midwest Latinx. All of them. Thanks All for holding them. it down. Can I do a little thing about Chicago? Because oh, I yeah. just remembered something else. Um, very, very quickly, another itty bitty mini chancla. That was my phone. So chancla to my phone for going <laughs> off on this recording. You're so unprofessional. Yes, phone. Get, a, get it together. You're, you have a calendar within you. Um, <laughs> a really quick, 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 quick chancla. Pequeña to the show Easy, which is also based in Chicago, which oh, is totally yeah. lacking in color, but especially season two that doesn't have El Muy Guapo, El Muy Sexy, uh, Castillo? Was it? Raul Castillo. Raul Castillo. Okay, that was my itty bitty super tiny. Well, that's chancla. a nice transition, actually. Oh. The chancla will transition us to Telenoveliando. Oh God, we're so good at these transitions. We are. I think Matraca to Ma- us. Matraca to us <laughs> for transitioning so seamlessly. Yes. Uh, you would so think you mentioned. <laughs> you, you would think. You would but think. <laughs> this is all the, off the top. All right. All right. Y'all, this is off the top of the dome. Improv. Yeah. We're, we're doing improv. We're doing improv. So. Uh, Telenoveleando is a segment where we talk about what are we what are we watching what are we consuming what are we binge watching you know because we both love we love all. pop culture and we love intersectionality so um, you mentioned Easy which mm-hmm. I didn't I hadn't watched the first season watch the first season so I gotta season. go back and watch Raul Castillo because I'm a fan yes, and that one's in Spanish so it was Ooh. really cool because it's all white people white people white people oh shit I'm binging and I have to watch something in Spanish so I like that that yeah. was sneaky so it was sad nice. it was sad that it wasn't in the season two yeah and you know I I watched season two. I kind of just let it play in the background one day when I was working from home and I was cleaning. And it just really bothered me that out of the entire season, there was two black characters that were women, one black male character, I think an Asian woman, zero, zero Latinos. I'm sorry, you cannot do a show that takes place in Chicago well, or New York or Miami one, or California, anywhere. One Latina, but Latinos. she's like a very white presenting, especially her character. In Which the very one? first show, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting in her season name. Season two? No, season two, the very first episode, um, which, which I actually liked the first episode, is very Black Mirrors. Um, oh, Aubrey Plaza. Yes, Aubrey Plaza. You're um, right. She's white presenting, but we'll give her. <laughs> yes. We'll give a pass. She's, I mean... I, I hate at this point that we have to take scraps, but I, I will count the blessings. Yes, um, count the blessings. <laughs> but I guess if you want to think about it, like, yeah. Um, but she lived in the suburbs yes, with all and, her and white and Asian about friends. about her was Latina. Right. Like- and if you don't know that her last name is Plaza um, and you think it's Plaza or you just don't know her last name and you don't know that she's half Puerto Rican, yeah, she can be very white presenting. So I didn't really feel like... Immigrant stories were no, told. No, not at all. Um, not so in the way lacking. that a whole Spanish episode yeah. would would have done. So, so anyways, check that. that, that. To but what else? What else were we Ooh. watching on the well, Netflix? Well, what we're watching on Netflix, um, have you seen 
the show by Spike Lee that was inspired by his movie in the 90s called She's Gotta Have It. Have you seen that, Brenda? I, I have been binge watching it. I don't know if you could say I, I have been watching it because I kind of fell asleep a couple times because there were some <laughs> snooze moments for sure. Ooh. Snoozy, boring. I guess I know what oh, you think. <laughs> but, uh, um, but for a really thoughtful analysis of She's Gotta Have It, you gotta go to this podcast called The, uh, Extraordinary, the Extraordinary Negroes. Negroes. Shout, Shout out to out. you guys. And they're in LA, so we'll hang, hang out with them. Yes. But what did you think about it? Well, you know, I, I, I watch things from multiple lenses, layered lenses. You know, I don't just have a monocle. Because we're a mosaic. So, We've got many ways to see things. So, I'm an actor. I watch for performance. I'm an actor of color, so I watch for representation. I'm obsessed with representation of, of race and gender and, and sexual dynamics and, and power and how that plays out. And so, okay, level one, I absolutely love that the story was, was like uh, an homage to Brooklyn. Yes, and that's true. In grad school, I was lucky enough to live in Brooklyn um, and, and I lived in Bedside for a little bit and God, Brooklyn's amazing. And it's, it's like this, uh, this you nest of that cultura and yeah. culture and resilience and hip hop and, and this, uh, beautiful embracing of immigrant intersectionality with like, like urban cool POC, um, POCs, young POCs being on the forefront of being influencers and cultural yes. makers. And that came makers. through in like a lot of the artistic yeah. pauses of, right. of the story. Right. So if you're a lover of music, especially of, of hip hop and a lot of music that's coming out of New York or that has come out of New York, I think you'll really enjoy it because the soundtrack's phenomenal. Yes. It was really well curated. We and they took moments. Oh, yes. They took moments. We're just looking at our clock here. Uh, they took moments to highlight some of the music they, they played so they put the album cover that was up. super cool. that was really cool that was super cool the fashion was on point anthony ramos who you might know if you got a chance if you were one of the lucky people to see hamilton in uh, <laughs> new york oh my god he's part yes. of the original he's cast the whole, like he kind of steals, he the, steals scene. the show he's my he, favorite he is the reason yeah. why it's like and he plays the character that spike lee played in the original 90s movie yeah which i haven't actually seen I, i've done i kind of want to see it, that but yeah, now i want to compare now it. I see it but you don't have to have seen it to understand it um you know, so that part was beautiful. I'm always going to watch something that puts people of color front and center and, and centers a story about a woman of color. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love that this woman was an artist living in Brooklyn, uh, exploring her sexuality. But she, girl, was so she was annoying. I'm like, <laughs> your friend, the one with the glasses, the gallery owner. Oh, she was. I liked her. I liked her, too. Yeah, I, liked I can tell why she got annoyed by you. Like. You're a little vapid. You're a little narcissistic. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give away the last episode, but the, ooh, super eye roll to the last episode. <laughs> but uh, again, for a deeper analysis, listen to The Extraordinary Negroes. Yes. A fine podcast. Very good. Very good. What else, Brenda? Oh, uh, you oh, recently oh. saw a film. Yes, it, we, you did too. I did. And so did everybody else. So did everyone else. But it was so good. Coco. Coco. I loved it. I loved it. So, of course, everybody loved it. Um, it was great. We don't want to give out any spoilers, but one scene we, of course, appreciate, let's see if you're thinking about it right now, is, Which one? is the, the uh, freaking chancla like going, Psh! oh, yeah, that's right. We love that scene. Yeah, that's we not gonna, That's not a super spoiler. It's a, it's a pretty common thing, and I'm glad they threw that in there. I think uh, it was, it, it. I was waiting to see if it was going to be tone deaf. Really? I was waiting to see when I would be offended. And I, and I have to say that I was moved from the first moment it was so that I beautiful. saw Coco's beautiful face. And Coco is the great grandmother. 
And that is just such a soft spot in my heart. Yeah. Just for abuelitas and viejitas. It was beautiful. I loved the melanin-rich characters. Beautiful. The way I that they it. portrayed the brownness was so beautiful. Yes, and and I, I think that, that's real that was a really important element. Um I think the 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 colloquial parts that they threw in, the the uh some of the DFA slang. Yes, you know? que padre. Yeah, no no manches. <laughs> no manches. So that was really cool. Um I do want to throw out a, a huge chancla to the fact that they felt the need to have a 20 minute frozen oh my short God. in front of it. Yes. Nobody signed yes. up for that. Ain't yes. nobody got time for that. Nobody has time for that. It was like three songs too long. It, it was, was so freaking ridiculous. long. Like, can what? you just let me have my Mexican <laughs> moment, please? Can I just go so see a horrible. Mexican movie? We are n- <laughs> sorely underrepresented. I've never, I'm obsessed with Day of the Dead and I think you are too. Nos gusta, um, nos gusta mucho. Uh, Calacas Forever and I just wanted to see that I didn't want to see the singing snowman I didn't want Ugh. to see I've like, never liked Olaf the blonde girl I don't, I'm, I'm Olaf is horrible sorry. Olaf is horrible I'm a fan of the singing I love <laughs> Adina Menzel obviously I'm a musical theater nerd so that's great but um, I do have a funny little story um, mm-hmm. from Pajari- Pajaritos so oh, Fabi yes. Fab from Latinos Who Lunch went on he had so many funny tweets about the freaking uh, co- the Olaf thing, the Frozen, <laughs> and he said that short. Uh, Frozen short is is like all white, all all, all lives matter. Oh God! <laughs> and I, I I responded with Olaf matters. Olaf matters. <laughs> you're good at that <laughs> puns. Ooh, puns. You're, that's very uh, carry like Sex puns. in the City from you of you puns. Muy, muy Just punning pun. it away. You're well, a little. Well, pun. you know what? It's because of Jeff. Jeff is a big pun. <laughs> Shout out. He's to a big pun, pun star. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Big Pun and uh, <laughs> we got pun. we got Little Pun right here live on Tamarindo so podcast. Funny. So, any it, other thoughts on Coco? Um, I I love the casting. I thought that the the acting was really rich, and it, it's it's hard to be a voice actor. And I I am a voice actor. I do dubbing and I do voiceover. And uh, I was so impressed by the the, the young man who, who was the lead. There was a lot of of really. There was a lot of depth mm-hmm. in in what he was saying, and he wasn't just trying to sound like he was crying. He was no, feeling it. It was really so, good. I mean, oh. his heart was open. His, his instrument was, was great. great. Yeah. Um, I think I think it was portrayed beautifully. I think uh, it was a beautiful homage to that. Now, there's a lot of think pieces out of there, or, and I and I'm not someone who who thinks that we should never critique something just because it's Latino and we never get stuff. It's fine. Critique it. Let's talk about it. You know, don't shut down the voices of of, uh, of, of the dissent. critical thinkers. Yeah, yes. don't shut down the voices of dissent, um, especially from the newer generation. So there's a think piece out there that talks about uh, how it promotes this ideal mestizaje and uh, and kind of false nationalism, which I I want to delve into more. Um, and maybe I can talk about it again, or maybe we can talk about yeah. it, you know, on, on Insta. Um, so that's something you can Google if you want to see um, another analysis of it. But uh, overall, we like I loved Coco. it. Yo lloré. Yo mucho. I want to see it in Spanish. You know, um, I did. I didn't cry because it, I don't think it, I don't think it was sad. You know, people were like, "Oh, bring tissues." Mm-hmm. I don't think it was sad. It was not sad. I was happy. It was not sad. I was like, "When when is it going to go extra sad?" It didn't go sad for me. Mm-hmm. But I think um, at the end, I it just made me want to relive that tradition yes. to do the altar and so it was just made me want to remember my dad you know yeah. <laughs> it was so sweet and i think it it um it it didn't do this awkward demystification of day of the dead like i could tell that it was not geared toward making it safe and explaining it to non-mexicanos 
I think it was a beautiful veneration of our history and our culture in a way that was um, easily understandable for people that that might yes. not know about it. But I but I don't think it, it bastardized it. I don't think it watered it down. It was so and good. And I appreciated that. Um, I have to get this in there. So I loved Coco and I liked it a lot better than Book of Life. And I think it's precisely this because I think Coco did a good job of like, here's what it is and here's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Book of Life tried to give you gazillions of explanations. It was like a t- seven-year-old is not going to follow this. This yeah. is too much. So I loved Co- Coco is greater than Book of Life in my in my view, <laughs> in my book, in, <laughs> in your book, book in life. your book of life. Yeah. So definitely go support that. Film. Well, we did it. We, we got it. it. We stayed on schedule. Look at us. Yes. Yes. We're we're, we're so professional. This is a what are and I, I meant to say professional. Professional. Profesh. But we're pro fresh. Pro fresh. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, one of those mini cast episodes again, recorded in, in the closet. But we have some announcements. Yes, we the do. The announcements are that we're taking a break. So, again, this has been really fun with Melina yes, and Brenda. Thank you. And Not a break from each other. No, no, no. Just break a holiday the, break. A holiday break. Yeah. We're still on. The educated pelonaires are on. And I, I, we've appreciated all the feedback. People are yes. loving the shirts. You can still order the shirts. We're almost selling out of the mediums. So, get in touch with us. We're I'll put order in a some plug. more. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll order some more. We're going we're gonna to try to figure out a way that you can order shirts on demand and we can have more sizes right. because this is our first our first go at it but there was a lot of interest so you could still get in touch with us at um, tamarindopodcast at gmail.com and mm-hmm. let us know your size and we'll show you how to yeah. pay for it and we'll get it to you they are four, um, $4 extra for shipping so they're $18 if you're local to LA we'll find a way to get it to you but if you want it to be shipped it's an extra mm-hmm. $4 anywhere in the United States yes si se puede si se puede <laughs> and then um, something else that's really cool that's been happening we've been getting some interest from universities that I don't want I don't want to spoil it yet maybe but uh, we may be making some live appearances so if you are at a university or you have connections or you live near one um, <laughs> let them know let them know that we, we, we will we, come we will do live we're events we're ready for doing live events um, and we are projecting into the future a live Tamarindo broadcast. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So look out for stuff like that. Re- reach yes. out to us. You can get in a hold of us on tamarindopodcast.com. You can connect to all of our stuff. Yes. Follow us on the social. Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. You can also follow us individually. Yes. Um, what else? And I think, como que eso es. That's La it. Uh, there might be some some uh, Instagram pictures and stuff from our retreat. We're gonna have a planning oh, yes. retreat. We're having a planning retreat yes. again, being very professional, professional, um, <laughs> laying out the year. You know, so if you have ideas, uh, we have also been getting some really cool responses from fans and listeners about um, future guests. Uh, suggestions, so suggestions. Folks that are in LA. Yeah, we may not always be able to do it, or we might always already have something booked, but we want to make. A plan for the future. Yes. We want to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Tamarindo en el futuro. Yes. And there might be a few bonus episodes if we can get them out. We, you might have seen on also on our social that we did talk to Ruben from, from Cafeta Cafe Cuba. Cuba. And also amazing band called Making Movies. Okay. Two bands you should check out. Hopefully Making a couple moves. more. Making Movies. Making Movies. Yes. Isn't it an interesting name? It's called Making Movies. God, check I, them I don't out. know why my brain dropped I mean, the, that would make the a, eye. What is it? Making Money Moves. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's what we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I want to get some blood shoes. Yes. Okay, so one last... <laughs> blood chanclas. <laughs> no. No, no pieces la sangre. Oh my God, so funny. Okay, so until then, I want to tell you to write us a review on Apple Podcasts y Ponte Woke.
Tamarindo podcast is Melina Bobadilla and Brenda Gonzalez. It is produced by Jeff DeVoe, a.k.a. Producer Jeff, who provides original music and sound engineering. Please write us a review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode with the hashtag supportbrownpodcast. Find us on all your favorite social media platforms and get in touch at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099.